I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Banter Show, RP Gamers Editorial Roundtable Podcast. I am Scott Walker, and with me, you know, get, getting all the things together and blowing this scene are my co-hosts. I'm Scott's wife. You don't need to know my name, but if you do, it's Sam? Oh dear. <laughs> it's gonna be a good podcast. <laughs> I don't know about the definition of good. Um... This yeah, and this round table is getting very unround right now for some reason. Uh, this is yeah. This is Michael Cunningham, aka Max Storm, RP Gamer editor in chief. And I don't know who I am or what I'm doing here. But we love you. <laughs> uh, I'm Trent Seely, RP Gamer's editor and columnist. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> Because uh, you you did not pronounce your name with a question mark, Sam. Certainly not. <laughs> Sam? I, I, I know. Some people still can't figure out if it's Marcello or Wachter anymore, okay? I think it's funny. It's Wachter now. It is Wachter now, but I still get Sam Marcello every so often. Well, Marcello's just a fun name to say. It reminds me of Jello. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. I've never heard that one before. Have I mentioned that I'm a poet? <laughs> You owe me all the romantic poetry that I can laugh at. You do know that, right? I want it in the mail. Poor Scott. He's giving me the worst look ever. Let's get started. We're what? talking about sex! <laughs> Alrighty. So we're, we're here to discuss several related issues with romantic relationships and sex in the RPG genre spectrum. Which... You know, it, it's February. It's Valentine's. Is it really? It, it is Valentine's. It's kind of past that well, point. we're kind of past Valentine's. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? You're supposed to keep greeting card purchasing and chocolate to be, to buying be fair, in though. your heart, in your in your heart, year round. To, to, to be fair, though, I mean, I, I'm quite sure that we had this podcast scheduled for like around the time of Valentine's Day. And, At least uh, somewhat close to that. Yeah, and just due to, due to circumstances, we had to push it off. But we're still very much about the love. So I think the first thing we have to really broach is... You gave me the beer, it's your own fault. Oh, God. <laughs> Kelsey and I are dying. So the, fir the first subject we have to bro broach is that dumb abstractions continue to be dumb. And I'm going to call out specifically, um, you know... Morrigan disapproves of this, negative 15. Because really, I think that, it, you know, that this seems to be the core of it, even if they don't actually have point values and sliders, you can see, is that 
at the end of the day, you are doing and saying things, and characters respond in a really sort of switch binary sort of way. That because that's exactly what it was. Maybe I mean it is Morgan. Maybe. I like I, I I love Dragon Age, and I'm one of the first people that will probably go to bat for those first games. But the the one thing that I was taught by Dragon Age Origins and uh, Awakening was that regardless of what people say or think about your lifestyle choices, you can always buy their love. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so the fact is, video games have to ultimately resolve everything mechanically, and they're not very sophisticated at it. So, um, you know, Morgan's approval rating, and how that relates to getting in her pants in her cold tent later on, is... It, 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 that's not real. That's not honest. That's not, that's not romance. Define dumb abstraction, though, because are you just saying that just because one action that you give leads to, you know, the possibility of something later on, it just doesn't really make sense overall? Uh, generally, yeah. Like, there are certain things where, you know what, every character certainly has a break point uh, in where you do the thing that is absolutely unforgivable and they actually out and leave, but there's this weird little dichotomy where you can string people back and forth, and it's like, yeah... It's called I'm, gifts. You, you, you just mm -hmm. keep buying, you know... You, peep, you keep buying Ogryn the beer, and he's going to continue to like you, no matter what sort of anti-dwarf hate crimes you end up committing. I... <sighs> To defend that to some extent, like I'm sure there are relationships in real life between people where that might be the case. I'm sure we even that, know some. Yeah, I, that I is. Mean, I, 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 I'm sure there are real life examples of people, uh, whether it be a friendly relationship or, or a romantic relationship, uh, where the simplest actions have large outcomes, and, and sometimes it's kind of hot and cold, touch and go. But you know what? Um, I find in Dragon Age, just, just the original and more so, there is an awkwardness to it in that like you could totally go piss on Andraste's ashes, but you could also keep giving Lily as many presents as you damn well please, and she just immediately is like, "Well, I don't feel so bad about you pissing on Andraste's ashes," which that seems kind of weird, considering yeah. you would think that would be the ultimate thing that would just push her away, and yet you can totally just give her gifts and be like, "Sorry, like that totally didn't happen," and I'm sorry, like just that is awkward. That doesn't make a lot of sense. When you think about the idea of if you're looking at romantic chemistry between a character and let's say your playable character, it's kind of like, I was just a douche to your religion. Well, <laughs> I, I think if we're not careful, we're going to focus like this entire episode I know, I solely, on, solely on, you know, just Bioware in general. And I, I think as, as far as what you're talking about, you know, the choices and everything that we've kind of discussed in the past really is kind of true in this case because – you know, it really is a binary do-good-to-win affection kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah. there's other examples of that, too, if you look at the Persona games. Yes. You know, Persona 3 and 4 actually had very good relationship systems that I thought didn't quite have the same impact as something like a Bioware game well, overall, but way, it was I mean, more personal. That And that was kind of the point <clears throat> I was going to go on. What you get in Persona is you feel like you actually really know these people. You kind of get their shtick, and you kind of get where they're coming from. And in a way, it gives you a, a deep emotional connection. Uh, mm. 
to an extent. I, to I, an I extent. don't feel that way with some of the characters, let's say in four, I, but in three, for an example, I'm sorry, well, I'm one of those people who thought three had, was really good. Well, three had this interesting thing where there were a lot, there were multiple levels of success and failure in each so social link where, you know, you could just sort of nod along and kind of pick the middle road options for one character and you just sort of get locked in and never advance past like <laughs> rank six. And then you could also sort of get to 10, but not do romance or, you know, do the fade to black sequence well, where your parents aren't coming home all weekend sort of and, thing. And even further, I mean, if you play Persona 3 Portable, um, the romance options for the female character are even, they're much deeper, I would even argue, than the males. Uh, especially, for example, if you decided to romance Shinjiro, um, who, spoiler, dies in Persona 3. But if you play as a girl, you have that sort of option to save him so he doesn't actually die. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, personally, I think that the romance options in Persona 3 are weak, and I'm just going to put that right out there. I think I think it's all math-based, um, and it is kind of like whatever choice you make, there's a good choice, there's a bad choice, and there's a middle of the road. I think Scott hit the nail on the head. Uh, and, the well, thing and, and there's even sort of, and I like that there is a granularity where you can just sort of get locked out at a certain level versus just mm. bomb out and break it entirely and you're without yeah. that option for the whole and, game. And to an extent, that can be how relationships work in real life. But I think the reason why I appreciated the relationship system in Persona 4 was not just because a central focus of the story was on the friendships and the relationships, and not just because I liked the characters as much as I did. It's because the progression of a relationship in, like, Persona 3 or a Bioware game relative to Persona 4 I felt was different because in Persona 4 every interaction with someone you can kind of feel the relationship push forward a little bit more like the more associated with someone the more you understood their plight the more the slug kind of moved down its line you know what I mean and that's how I feel like a relationship really is but you could also argue and again I don't know if you played uh, Portable did you play Portable? Yeah, that's actually that's actually the, the version, version of Persona okay, because 3 I was that say, I play. I found playing as the girl in Portable, one thing I liked about that as the, the aspects in 3 was the fact that you're forced to sort of get to know somebody, whereas what I didn't like about Persona 4 was the fact that you're already friends, and the more that you learn about somebody, it, it feels really arbitrary, which yes, I agree with you means like, yeah, you, you, you have a really good relationship with them, you're friends, but it also kind of can be really boring at the same time. Well, that, that that's I, an I implementation that. and a writing issue, which yeah. Persona 4 had a few of those, but... Well, I'm not saying 3 was perfect either. 3, I mean, they really make you work at those relationships so that you... But it, should, it shouldn't feel boring, though, because in the case of Oh Persona my god, 4, some of the characters were boring in 4. Let's, well, well, and let's not but, even go there, because that could be a podcast in itself. But, but what I'm saying is, like, in, in the case of Persona 4, as in the case of real life, you ultimately determine who you choose to spend time with. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I agree. If, if you find that one character just doesn't suit your fancy and you're not enjoying anything they have to say or being around them, you don't spend the rest of your time hanging on their every word. But, but they've got the tower arcana, and I need that to summon Thor. <laughs> that's true, though. And that's, there's the arbitrary part of it, really. Like, not but, everyone plays the game that way, though. I know, I know I but that. there's a certain element of optimization that goes into it that is sort of specific to Persona that, it, that can be tricky, where you're just sitting there listening to this guy whine about his problems just so you can get the cool monster at the end. 
Yeah, which is totally unlike what you do in Bioware because the only reason you would want to do that, you know, there's no gameplay benefit necessarily in any of the Bioware games. No. It's all outside of gameplay story-based. It's an option when you think about it. It's a... Which, and I'll go ahead and talk about, you know, what you mentioned on Persona 4. That's one thing that I did like about that, not just the you know, the romantic relationship aspect of things, but the whole relationship aspect where if you had characters that you had bonded with, the stronger the bond, the more they would do for you in battle too. Yeah. And that made that whole experience a whole lot more personal than just, okay, well, you know, like you were talking about the Andraste's Ashes part, going back to that and being <laughs> like, well, you know. I'm uh, pissed on that, but guess what? Uh, you still like yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, because I gave you a you know, a rock or well, something. Hey, you know? It was a shiny rock and also shoes. Shoes yes. were critical. It's all about shoes. So I think it really works better in Persona, but it's not as well. It's more deeply strongly stated. It, it's more deeply ingrained into Persona's gameplay, whereas it's all in the Bioware cycle. It's 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 a side thing. It's it's yeah. like it's not like you have to do it. Yeah, like, well, we also Scott, keep he hasn't mind. romanced anybody in Inquisition yet. It upsets the crap out of me. <laughs> but, but it doesn't the case, matter. It doesn't matter, but there's that part I'm too like, busy slaying dragons. It's true. Lady Kadash is yeah. pretty hardcore. That and, you know, you got your stupid accidental romance with Blackwall that you didn't want. I think everybody has that one. <laughs> but, I love it. Scale no. the Wall is amazing. You stop that right now. No, going back to this, though, Bioware... And I think Trent may have something else to say along with this. It seems like Bioware is more of, like I've always said, it's an RPG mixed with a dating sim. Well, those were always there, and every Bioware game has had this element where you can, after they level up, because it was keyed to actual player level, character levels, not so much the plot, you could then go around the camp and talk to everyone, and you would learn a tiny little fraction more of their tragic backstory as to why they're, you know, so uniquely crazy in that Bioware way. I will point out in Jade Empire, I romanced nobody, because I didn't realize that that was a thing. <laughs> still, Scott, still Scott told me at the very end of the game, I'm at the final boss, he's like, did you not talk to people at camp? I'm like, there's a camp? But th that's what I'm saying, though, yeah. is that that was always an element, and I think it's actually worse now that uh, they're writing sort of more tied to a movie formula, where it's keyed off plot points, and you just have these break these moments where now is when you get your first kiss, now is when you get your sex scene, and it's not necessarily yeah. li related to how you're conversing with people. Yeah. That's true. I don't. I don't think that every Bioware game though follows the same romantic trajectory though. And like my biggest complaint would be, Bio well, Dragon Age Two I think has the most flawed relationship game play of any of their games. Well, let's face like, it, one of them's actually full out broken, depending on the. Well, no, it, it it's not. It's not that it's, it's broke, Sam. It's not that the <laughs> he is not talking about coding. Let's let <laughs> him finish his statement, and then we can see what he actually has to say. Balls. Well. <laughs> What I was alluding Sorry. to with Dragon Age 2 um, was just, like, this sense that, um, like, first of all, there's there's a lot of male characters, and if you're a male protagonist, they all seem to be attracted to you. Well, and, that, that was and that's, definitely that's a complete... big... That was an issue until, actually, fairly recently with Bioware, all, where all characters were player sexual, where regardless well, of and, race and, or and I mean, gender, like... they would just be like, yeah, I'm totally into you, let's make out in the corner. Like, Jade Empire has three rom romanceable characters, two of which are bisexual. Specifically, yeah. 
so they could have specifically because uh, players might not want to go that way. Like, like, like fan service be whatever it be, but like, I am so down with the concept of an NPC or, or, well, I should say a playable character in my party not being interested in me on any romantic level, because yeah. I think that speaks something to their character. Well, like, I, I like Inquisition for that. I just had a conversation with yes. Cassandra about that specific topic, and I'm like, you know what, that's refreshing. You wouldn't have done this in two. You didn't do this in two. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's I had the same thing. The, uh, another problem that I have with two, and, and it does kind of tie into the fact that all these people are uh, interested in being involved with you, is that if you pleasantly turn them down in a friendly way, like, listen, you mean a lot to me, but I don't think I want that kind of relationship with you. Well, then suddenly your 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 relationship barometer with them is like negative 15, and they're pissy at you whenever they have the chance. And as soon as a major plot point is revealed and people are expected to take sides, they may go to the other person's side just because they suddenly have it out for you. And why is that? Because you turned them down. Because apparently like, bi people I, 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 are I that catty. <laughs> Well, Ben works as that caddy. No, Andrew's well, the same. Real life, real life people can real life people can be that caddy, no, and, I, and I can acknowledge that. But but the fact that this has turned into such a numbers game and those kind of RPGs in general, like it it's so petty and it's so annoying, and I hate that. Like one one of my favorite things about Mass Effect is that you know outside of doing certain key missions. Your party members are going to be your party members until they're either killed off in the plot or the game ends, you know? There's not a lot of opportunities for them to be like, hey, you didn't get me that one thing, or hey, you didn't make out with me, so now well, I'm going to... you actually have... And that, that, they actually put that more on the player, because Shepard can just say, you know what, Ashley, you've been riding my ass for two games. You can go do your own thing. I'm going to go have space adventures. But you know what? I guess my question to you guys is, would you rather have a game that has a scripted romance, whereas you don't really get to do any decision making, like in a JRPG, or would you rather have what you get in a lot of the Western RPGs, uh, or things like Persona, where you actually can choose a partner if you want? Well, okay. In, when that, it that's comes, such a loaded question. Well, when it comes to romance, question. I always want agency. I always want to say yes, no, or maybe, or mm -hmm. wh or whatever, or you know what? Let's hang out with Barrett the whole game because. If you're going to ask me to sit here and do sort of Japanese role-watching game, don't also make me ha have romantic feelings for, you know, a character that is just frustrating and annoying and have her drive the plot more than it should. Well, well, I mean, oh, this is actually even true in other games. Like, mm -hmm. Deus Ex Human Revolution is like, you care about... Megan. Megan. Megan's her name. And, and that is what's going to drive the plot, except... You have one scene you're, with but, Megan. But you're told that. You're not yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the worst like, part. Yeah. And when you actually and meet Megan, she's not actually even there. somebody that yeah. you could get a sense of, okay, this is why Jensen is in love with her. Like, you don't get a sense of that at all. And there there are JRPGs that do this. Like, um, I'm actually trying to... Well, look at some of the Final Fantasies. Yeah, like, okay, Final Fantasy's the easy whipping boy. But yeah, like, guess what? Even if I sincerely put myself into Cloud's shoes... I don't care about error. I would not pick either of them. I would no, hang out with Barrett. I wouldn't pick either as well. There are some good... There are good romances out yeah, there. There are some good JRPGs that don't give you choice, but still end up having decent you know, subplots and relationships well, and stuff. One of the biggest ones to bring up would be um, 
the Lunar Games, Lunar well, yes, and I was Lunar say, That's a great example because you don't get a choice in that, but you actually get a sense throughout the whole game that Alex and Luna and even Hero and Lucia, they're in love with each other. They would do anything for each other. And it's, you have the agency that's there that drives mm-hmm. the yeah. games to the, to the finish line. But, but see, at the same time you have the, the team at Square Enix just telling me I care about Eris and I'm sad she's dead. No, and that's the thing. It's all about the writing when you think about it. No, it's not about it, it's not about the writing at all in that case. It's about the fact that it is not a choice based yeah. game that you're playing. You yeah, know, you're, you're not playing I, Mass I, Effect. You're not playing. Yeah. Bi- no, but a, a I think Bioware in games game. like Lunar, for an example, yeah, it may may not be about the writing, but I think writing still has a part in that because it is giving you the characterization. It is giving you what you need, essentially, to either like that couple or not like them. There are plenty of people out there who don't like Alex and Luna, as much as, you know, we want to believe that's not true. Um, like, they're really cute, but you could look at that couple and think, oh my god, they give me diabetes, I'm not into that. Give me Nash and Mia. And actually, when you think about the Lunar games, everybody has a romantic relationship in those games, and they're all well-developed, which is mm. very rare when you think about a lot of RPGs. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. From from, from my perspective, uh, I would actually have to disagree with Scott. I don't prefer. I mean, agency in in games is is great, but agency in romance in games, like I don't sit down and play video games so that I can have a romance with an NPC. I'm sorry, I don't. That's not my intention. I don't. Think it's that's a ni- most people. It's a nice them. little benefit that adds more context to the to the universe that is most Bioware games. A lot of Western RPGs that Im- implement their own relationship systems that give you the choice of who to romance, how to romance them, that's fine. That's not my shtick. I would much rather watch a well-crafted narrative with two people where I get to see their relationship bloom and develop over time so that I understand in those crucial moments of the plot, when they are reaching out to each other, why it's an important moment. Well, and that's just it. When, yes. you, when you look at a lot of situations with romance in RPGs, one of the biggest factors, and it's it's the same reading a book or watching a show. You have to give it. If you don't give it about those characters, and I'm sorry I'm using that word, it doesn't work then. It may work for some, but not for others. Yeah. Right? And, and the reality is, is you have to like those characters. Like, I'm sorry, when it comes to Final Fantasy VII, that love triangle is one of the worst written love triangles ever. Let's face it, love triangles are bad in general. I don't, That's something I don't YA think... does, okay? okay but it's, I, it I is think... not a good love triangle. It's not. Well, okay, can we just take a step back? Because I would I would actually argue that that wasn't intended to be like a I massive I was going to say, I don't think it was intended, but at no, the same time... I, if you look at the writing of the plot, Cloud's girl in the game from before he was a soldier, quote-unquote, until the end of the game has always been Tifa. Oh, and wait, wait, wait. No, but yes. no, you can't look at no. it that. Yes, even though he's had a childhood I, I, friend. Yes. Hold yes, on, try it, to stop that. That is the case. Hey, we are Sorry. sinking your goddamn ships, ships right now. Here's the deal, okay? You can believe that aspect, but the childhood friend trope, yes, it, it's there, but at the same time, you can't deny that there is not feelings for the other woman, the mysterious woman. As no, stupid as that trope all, is. No, no, I don't agree. I never, I never felt that there was romantic feelings there is between totally, There is totally romantic tension. You gotta go right. play the game a second time. No, I, I played it four times, and I saw it every time, and I was like, Tifa, you are boring. Eris, you are also boring. But you know what? I will take Flower Girl, who at least has some goddamn personality, over Captain Mighty Tits. Oh Sorry. my god. Sinking um, ships. Sorry. Oh, um... I think we can all agree that Cloud and Barrett and Vincent are the true triangle in that. <laughs> yes. 
Exactly. I'm just saying, you know, fans are unique. Fans create their own canons. Well, no, fans do not create their own canons. That's not what canon means. No, but I'm just saying, Mm. think about it. You know, Trent is arguing, for example, that there is no romantic tension between Eris and Tifa. All right. There, there, might, there people... might be tension, but it's not an established relationship. It doesn't matter if it's established if the writing has the potential to show that there is something there. And I'm sorry, but that is that is in lots of novels. I don't care what anyone says. Well, look, I mean... inter- interpretation aside. Okay. Interpretations aside is that, you know what, uh, sex. Sex is... A lot of games present sex as the win state, where you are, you know what, you you got the hundred influence points with Morgans, and now you get to watch this awkward scene where you're mashing the doll bodies together, except they're still wearing their damn underwear. <laughs> they're all underwear. wearing underwear. Because <laughs> the ESRB, and it's like, I'm sorry, I will take the fade to black every time. And this is where I can actually point at the Witcher and call it out as an even worse villain than Dragon Age or Mass Effect, because it's like, um, again, it is still the puppet sex scene from Team America. (laughs) And then, with the added benefit of in The Witcher 1, you get trading cards. Man, you get tokens for sexy times. That's horrid. So apparently it's also you much all more have... explicit. <laughs> yeah, the cards are actually explicit, which are we- which is weird. So I haven't played yeah. The Witcher yet, so I'm kind of amused by this. Yeah, I don't know. I think like the a... Bromides, because the Bromides were kind of entertaining in Lunar. At least they weren't mm. sexual. But I liked collecting those for some reason. Yeah, no, it's worse than those. But okay. it it is this this is you win. You get this awkward sex scene, and it that's still not honest because you know what? There are relationships that don't go that way. Well, and they... relationships also give you a card afterwards. It's not a prostitute and or a stripper. Well, and well, I, I would, quick... I would actually, I would actually say that it's not honest specifically because, like, and yes, you're right, Scott. Like, there are relationships that don't go that way, but there are also relationships that go so much further. Mm. Like, I, I had a conversation with Mac. Uh, quite a while ago, and and I was complaining that the one thing that I hate in all these Western RPGs that presents intimacy like sex uh, as as the win state of a relationship kind of minigame is that it doesn't take into account the compassionate side of being in a relationship with someone. Like, you don't see these people then sacrifice themselves to save their lover. No. The, the, the only thing you get at the end of wooing this person is sex. It doesn't lead to any greater growth between the characters that's um, visible in the plot. They don't even just, necessarily I, I adjust like dialogue this. further Can down the line. Just it, just, it just peters out at sex. That's, that's, Hang that's on, the same. end point. Yeah. No, I want to mention the, something, because Trent, out of curiosity, did you ever watch or romance Black Wall? Why does it always come uh, back to Black Shut Wall? up for a second. Because Black no, Wall is one of the bizarre cases where you get sex first, and then you actually get a crap ton of plot about what's going on, and you can actually choose to basically... You, you have his life in, his hand, in your hands. You can actually choose to exile him. You can choose to... Let's not get into too much on that. I know, Uh, and I'm realizing... Well, and this is actually a throwback to older Bioware titles where you could get sex earlier, and the intimacy was actually having them, you know, shift alignments to better coincide with yours. And even then, there are cases where you could use your amped-up persuasion skill to get sex early, and that would cause the relationship to dissolve. See, the only reason I bring up Blackwell was just because I thought that was kind of an interesting case where... 
you, you, you build a relationship, you get the sex, and there's still quite a bit of building even afterwards. Well, that... See, I feel like that's still sort of not the point. I know it's because not a perfect Because the point example. is, it's almost like this, this movie romance where it's like, oh, and now here's this circumstance that's going to drive them apart. True. True, and it's kind of cheesy, but... And then the, the, the forgiveness scene is so cheesy, it couldn't be cheesier. Well, remember... Unless Blackwall was standing outside Skyhole with a boombox over his head. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I would be there's fan art of this, I am sure. But you <laughs> know, but great. I think about it, and it's like you could also completely reject him and completely destroy his life, and you get something completely different. But at least he's gone. Yeah, you know, uh, I think I, I think, think we go back to the whole. We go back to the whole point of there are you know there's the two different sides of things. There's player choice and agency, where you get to make up your own decisions on how you want to do things, and then there's the story narrative branch of things. I admit I, I'm in the story narrative camp myself. See, I think I've, a lot of them really don't do a strong enough job of making you care. And that the one and, and the, I guess this is my other question is do we really even should should we really even be bothering if we can't do it well either way. That and that's a tough I think question. it can be done well both ways though. I, I think it's a tough question only because you know what I think it depends on who's creating it. Well and like, because let's face it, there are games where you have a romance, and you really do ask yourself, why did you bother? Well, okay, because no, you, you don't care you... as much about what's happening. I find it for me personally. You don't have to agree. I have to care about the characters in order to care about a romance, and it's the same when I'm reading a book. If I don't like the characters and I don't like the partnership, I sit there and I go, "That's great. This guy's a douche canoe. Why? Why do I care? I want to care. That is sort of my beef with romances and games." You have to make me care about what's happening. Be it through a Bioware style where, yes, I know Blackwell's not a perfect example, but damn it, I enjoyed it. Right? Or when I play Lunar, you know what? Alex and Mia, all the characters in their romances, they're actually really well done. Mm. Whereas, you know, if I play something like, uh, let me think of a good example, Final Fantasy VIII. Well, no, no. Actually, <laughs> let's not. We are not talking about Final Fantasy VIII because we're sinking your damn ships. I'm um, sorry. I, that one is the one. No, the we're going to talk about Fire Emblem Ooh. Awakening because that's actually interesting. Because uh, what oh. you have is a series of where it is a key component of the gameplay that you pair <laughs> these characters off to generate new characters. And you're playing a stats game again. It's sort of like uh, it, it's like fusing personas or something, but at the same time, it's also uh, you know there is a story element to it where you just see these characters interact, and you do have to maximize their compatibility. There's some people that are just not going to work out. But even still, I think the way that it's handled in uh, Fire Emblem Awakening is also a really good thing because it's not just the romantic relationships. You get all kinds of actual personal relationships, characters bonding. There is all kinds of normal you know, interactions that you see there, and I think it's really great, especially if you have Crom uh, and the female main character you know, kind of get to yeah. know each other too. You you don't just see it as a win state. You see that relationship build over time, and it's not just about you know, like you said, getting to the win state and then being done. There's more to it than that, and I think it does a really good job of you know portraying that within the game. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. I kind of <laughs> wish RPGs would be okay with if they're going to give you a romance and give you choice, maybe even 
I, I like the idea of a letdown option. I mean, I kind of find it interesting because games like Sleeping Dogs, for an example, the romance situation in that is you like play on three, four, was it four girls? Five. Five girls. Um, you eventually end up with none of them. Well, that that's because that's because of something to do with the the main character having a deep personality issue that the game spends most of its time exploring in a weird way. But and his failure at relationships is a core aspect of that. It's just that uh, Sleeping Dogs is kind of crafted around this, whereas I think a lot of these romance subsystems are just like, hey, here's our side thing. Why do you think that is, though? Why is something like Sleeping Dogs successful well, compared sleep, to sleeping dogs, something like a Bioware game? Well, everything in the narrative sleep of Sleeping Dogs is sitting down there and asking... Wei Shen is a man of many sides and a man who is chameleonic within those sides. And it chooses to emphasize that. So his dichotomy with it between his triad persona and his police persona is always under question. And having him interact with women basically by being their perfect man for a little bit. That's true. Like, you, you see him with uh, Vivian. Vivian? Victoria? Vivian. Yeah, Vivian, who just is a daredevil and likes to drive around really fast. And he becomes a daredevil. You see him with Ilyana, and he's a sensitive athletic guy. Or Emma Stone, he's... Or with Emma Stone's character, he's more foreign, whereas with uh, Karaoke Girl, he's much more Chinese. Okay, now compare that to something like Alpha Protocol, which attempts to kind of do a similar thing. Now, Alpha Protocol is just an extension of the Bioware idea, where it's like, these women respond better to being Bond, or being Bauer, or being... um, See born you know about about the situation well, and it's just like if you just keep hammering the bower button c is going to do things to you that are inappropriate for television but i mean you know i think about something like alpha protocol and one thing i found really problematic in that game in terms of how it deals with romance is do you remember the one character you've, you've all played it so you can probably think of it the one who's like either you save me or you save everybody else mm-hmm. what did you yep. do there because that's a really i find that really well, really that, problematic. Well, no, she's just poorly written because she they they designed she's her. Desperate. No, she is designed to be the girl you choose to save or not. She is fridge bait from get go. So no matter what you do, she's going to Ugh. she's going to try I to cling to you character. romantically. I hated that character, but I wanted the Chivo to sleep with everybody. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Back to sex is a win state. I'm sorry. I know that was a case of sex is a win state, and I admit fully that I did it. But that was also because I wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> yeah, see, still a win state no, issue. No, I mean, I meant in this as for me, truthfully, I'm also an achievement whore, and I know this. Okay, I know this about myself personally. When there are trophies in games, I like to see what kinds of trophies I can get. Okay, so I'll still a win state I issue. I totally went to win state. I admit it, I am a horrible human being. See, there was an equal wi- but opposite win state in not doing that at all. I still have a... Pr- I, I, I started a game where I'm going to do that. Because I need to see that. Like, no time for love. I, I got stuff to do. <laughs> I'm baffled by the fact that there's an inclusion of that, even. I think it's kind of neat, but, you know, I, it's challenging. I mean, because how am I going to say no to C, Scott? How am I going to say no to C? It's easy. You don't respond to her with violence at every turn. But I love her. Trent, <laughs> you've been quiet a while. I'm sorry. Throw ideas. I'm, I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I what what I what I keep seeing, like regardless of of the degree of autonomy in a romance, what I keep I, I think we keep coming back to is romance is kind of being a side option in a video game or being a central plot component. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like if romance is going to be a thing in your game, go hard. Make it a part of the plot. Make Raising. it an important plot of, <laughs> you know. I, I, I and, agree. And, and personally, my favorite romance in any role-playing game that I've played is Justin and Fina in Grandia. Oh, they're so cute. Well, it's 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 a matter of like you see you see what each of them is like on their own independently. And the way that they meet and the struggles that they go through and how they become closer over well, time. And the one thing the game does really well is it builds their chemistry. It really does. And I mean, you there, kind there of are instances where their romance. You, yeah. Like the scene where they're on the boat, Trent. Come on, like how cute was that? Yes. yes. Where like I... the confession actually happens. You know, like they're very <laughs> darling, the two of them. Well, like you it, kind it, of just want to pinch that... their cheeks and go, oh. But the game yes, actually does. Do. A, but the game actually does a good job of developing the relationships so that the player sees why, and especially because at the beginning they don't like each other at all. Like Mia well, that... thinks he's a complete and utter idiot, and Justin's like she's so hot, but I can't get with her. Um, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, he could have what ended up with uh, what is this Nanasaki and Mio, Which, oh my god, why did they include that scene where you could peep show them? Because <laughs> Japan. Because Japan. Okay. And that, and I guess that's another element we have to consider but, but, is that I, I, just just to drive at my point. Yes, <laughs> um, I appreciated the way it developed. That didn't sound right, sweetie. I appreciate the way the relationship developed, and I I thought the thing that made it perfect was that their love for each other was such a, a, a huge part of the game's climax and of its resolution. You know, it it really tied well into the end. And I feel like most games just include a romance subplot instead of a romance plot. Well, and if you're if you're going to have romance be a, a heavy component of the game, really go hard at it. Why no, not? I, I actually 100% agree with you because my favorite yes. game in the whole wide world is Valkyrie Profile, and that one is totally built <laughs> on a romance. Well, my and, turn. Um. <laughs> go back. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm going to chime in now. Um, Mr. I Love the, Lunar. Yes, that's another great one as well. But another game that really should be mentioned, and one of the first ones I remember actually having a not just a strong relationship aspect, but it actually did do the more mature adult thing was Xenogears. Because the relationship between Ellie and Faye, as you watch them grow over time, became much deeper than you initially thought. And the personal things that they were having to deal with and all of the relationship stuff kind of just culminated at the very end because, you know, they have a scene where they spend the night together towards the end, and it just it seemed more real well, than a lot of the things that you run into that are just kind of the sappy, romantic relationships. Well, well, and, that's just a, well and, and something that I guess is coming, that I keep coming back, we keep coming back to is that it is ultimately player character centric. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, barring the Fire Emblem example, it's sort of this weird thing where it is always about who do you choose to romance or who does main character end, end, up, up, with. end up with as the plot dictates. Uh, and I think it, I'd almost like to see more side character romance develop because I feel like that's a lot has a lot more freedom to just have this recurring thing where these two characters Ooh. kind of build towards something independent of the main character. And I, the like, last story did that very well. And so does Lunar. And, you know, I even really appreciate the fact that Tully and uh, and Garrus will hook up in Mass Effect 3 if left to their own devices. And I think that's a neat little element. Uh, the same, actually, as Blackwell and Josephine. If, you, if nothing happens between those two characters, they hook up. 
Okay, you all have just blown my mind. What? <laughs> yeah, no, if... That, if, if, if I, I don't see it. I, no, no, well, it, I don't see them interact. I don't see them interact either, but no, that is actually no, not, one of the... not that one. Just go back to Mass Effect 3 with Tally yeah, and Garrus. Yeah, Tally and really? Garrus hook up. Oh, wow. That, it's okay. very bizarre, Mind I know. And, well, you know see, what? see that's surprising a... to you, because, like me, you probably romance Tally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, well no. I was going to say, most people romance Tally, so, but Mac played a woman, didn't you? Yeah, so I you did. you romanced and... Thane, didn't you? Yeah, so and you... then, um, yeah, I just never saw it. That's just kind of weird. It I is, love a, that. It oh, is a weird couple if you think about it, but I mean, even think of like the Blackwell Josephine thing. Like, they well, have no, no that one, I don't buy. I don't buy it. But they it, don't it interact. happens. That's the weird part. No, it doesn't happen. It can't happen. Tally... Um, Josephine, Josephine's so perfect? No, because Josephine sits at her desk and, and deals with real people who are important, and Blackwall sits there and is like, please no one notice I'm a mass murderer, please no one notice I'm a mass murderer. <laughs> Op opposites attract, Scott. Yes, opposites <laughs> who never enter the same room even once attract too, but all the time. Um, but yeah, like, when I play a game and there's a romance included. Like I said, I want to give a shit. That's why, like, I always go back to Valkyrie Profile or Lunar. Lunar is a great case because you actually have side characters that are in relationships, and you have that frequently put in front of you. Uh, for example, I'm trying to remember, it was Dragon Master Dine. You played it more recently than I did, Matt. Dragon Master Dine was in love with a side character whose name is escaping me, who is Luna's mom. Um... I can't remember the character's name. This is going to drive me crazy. Oh, I don't remember that aspect. I was playing the Sega City version. Oh, right. but, you know, <laughs> right. when you have Jessica and Kyle. Well, you have Jessica and Kyle, Nash and Mia. You have Mia's mom and somebody else that you learn about. Galleon being a creeper, but still attempting to have some sort of romantic relations <laughs> with people. Galleon's yes. a creeper, okay? Yes. Well, and that's it. There's always one character that... And this is always in the J in yeah, the but, JRPGs. Yeah, but Galleon's actually a really... He's an awesome villain. He's just such a creep mo at well, the same no, time. Well, no, every if, every JRPG has like one ecchi who is just there to get slapped, and I'm like, why? Why did? Why is this a recurring character trope? If you look at something like Valkyrie Profile, there's a game for an example that establishes almost immediately that the main character has a romantic relationship, and it's one that transcends even time. You know, one of my favorite scenes in that game, for example, is where Lenneth and Lucian they actually take a stroll back through. Platina's life, who's Leneth, um, they go to the fields where Platina died, and he says, you look just like her, you know, and in one sense, it's Lucian trying to attribute this idea that, obviously, this is the same woman, but the fact that she actually complies, and in her own way, starts to regain her memories, it's a really beautiful relationship to watch, like, admittedly, like, I'm a big Lizard fangirl, but I will not deny my love of, of Leneth and Lucian, because... The game does an amazing job of developing their relationship. Plus, this is one of those rare instances where you have a woman saving a man. Well, I think, which is fantastic, that, and it's well done. That's a different topic, but I think I there is a weird sort of Japaneseiness infusing a certain um, all these relationships that um, it makes me it makes it harder for me to grasp onto. And I'm not even necessarily talking about sort of the moe industrial complex elements of some of some of the more recent titles. It's just. They're, the way men and women interact is not something I can get my head around. Yeah, Well, that's some fair. games make it very awkward. I mean, um, look at some of the Tales games. Some of the Tales games have some of the most kind of awkward, romantic instances where it, it, it feels almost like puppetry. 
and you you kind of get this sense that you know that the game is trying to tell you this is a couple, but there's the other half of you kind of going, well, I kind of don't get it, or I don't feel it, or something yeah. just feels really off. Um, like, for example, a lot of people, there, there's a lot of sexual tension, for example, between the character of Hubert and Pascal in Graces. Um, to be honest, in my head, I look at that and I'm like, that is the stupidest couple ever, what's wrong with you people? But they do have some chemistry, and you kind of see it, but it's, it's such an awkward romance. You kind of sit there and you go like, I don't get it, why did you do this? Like, why did you bother, right? Whereas yeah. if you play a different Tales game, I'm going to use a different example of um, Tales of Zillia which is a more recent one where you kind of want to tell Jude and Mila to go get a room because they just don't have a freaking clue half the time. Like, they're both clearly into each other. They're both clearly very um, vocal about even their feelings. And yet the game is still doing this Japanese thing where it's like, oh, boys and girls can't be together. Natashi, and, and, and it drives me absolutely ballistic because it's one of those things where this is a series, for an example, which has had successful romances appear in it in the past. Um, Luke and Tyr, for an example, they actually get a makey-outy scene. Like, that's awesome for Tales. But at the same time, the game also still has instances where it's like, oh, but Luke and, Luke and Tyr can't be together. And it's like, why? Why do you do that? Yeah. Which is essentially why I give Triace some kind of points with a game like Valkyrie Profile, where the romance is instantly there from the start. It's not something that is tacked on or feels like it shouldn't be there in the first place, like most of the Tales games. Well, and, yeah. and, and this is it, is I think, uh, you know what, games are, you know, still struggling as a narrative medium, and I think just any sort of romantic element comes with this layer of awkward no matter which way they go. Like, I, I still have not, obviously, found a satisfying... I, I have not found a satisfying romantic subplot. Like, really... So there hasn't been an instance where you found a couple that you kind of actually were like, no, I actually kind of give a crap about you? No, never. That makes me no, sad for Nothing you. ever really clicked. That makes me sad for you. Actually, you heartless? Not, well, yes, I, my soul is black and empty. <laughs> and I, mean, I you kind of... You me, though, you sucker. And again, th this might be me shipping a little bit, but... um, God, what, what was her name in... In Knights of the Old Republic 2. I haven't played that, honey. I'm sorry. Kraya? <laughs> no, not... Well, you know what? Kraya probably had a thing for something, but I'm thinking of... Um, the, Are you thinking female? about the Handmaiden? No, not actually the Handmaiden. I'm thinking about her master, the old uh, Jedi Archivist. And I think there's... Like, I feel like they're tr uh, the, the writers at Obsidian were trying to pr portray sort of a failed or unrequited romance between her and Revan. Her, yeah. And I think no, that I, I, I thought I thought there was an unrequited romance between her and uh, the the guy the the protagonist of two. Yeah, there, there's like she has weird hangups about both protagonists, I think, and that was actually sort of interesting to see play out. She loves them, but she hates that she loves them. Yes, <laughs> like I feel like that was that that was sort of interesting, and to have that as a motivation for an antagonist yeah. was cool. That's actually fascinating. You know, there, there's something to that, Scott. Like, I, I feel like too many relationships in video games in general kind of operate on, like, a puppy love cycle. You know, boy meets girl, they bond, they're torn apart <laughs> by some circumstance, and then they kind of come together in the final act. The romances that kind of stand out to me, and, and I'm going to cite uh, Sellas and, and Locke from Final Fantasy VI, are the ones that are really flawed in a lot of ways. Like, these people, rightfully, probably shouldn't be with anyone because they have so much baggage to deal with. But for some odd reason, they keep coming back to each other, you know? Yeah, but at least in Six, it's believable. You know, you do get a sense that the two of them, yes, they shouldn't be together, but 
you care about them. You care about them actually separately as individuals as you do them as Together. a couple. Yeah. Whereas when I look at something like Final Fantasy VIII, I have a harder time believing that Squall is totes in love with Renoa because the game does such a piss-poor job well, of, we're, we're of sink- actually making that romance believable even in the slightest. Well, we're sinking your ships on that. I know. I, <laughs> I realize like that, that is my one... That, that romance actually makes me legitimately angry. Well, there's... Because it's just... Well, you can't cite a problematic game on a game that's problematic levels for one problematic thing. Well, eight has the problem of I'm sorry, but you know you had filthy multitasking keys. No, I'm sorry, we're you sinking your away. goddamn ships. Damn it! Stop sinking my ships. Well, to, no, because be that's not the discussion at hand. I know that's hand. not the discussion at God, hand. But God. let's face it. Yeah. Let's face it. To, to, to be fair to say, um, it, it wasn't just Renoa and Squall. It was Squall's father and, like, two other women. Like, every relationship, every primary narrative relationship that happened in that game... They're lost, awfully lost, written. It just kind of dropped the ball. To the point where there are people today who have beaten Final Fantasy VIII that are under the misunderstanding that uh, Renoa's father is Laguna. When in reality, no. <laughs> That's not but, what but that's happened. That's what I mean. Like, you know, that game drops it was, the but ball that, so that's an example hard. of poor execution, though. Yeah, you know? and that's it. it. It Final Fantasy VIII is off the table. It's off the table because it's not good. <laughs> the game makes me so angry. And while we're getting off this table, uh, we're gonna go to feedback unless anyone has final thoughts. Well, you know what? Can we all at least share our favorite favorite romance in a game? Even though Scott, you're a black-hearted man who apparently has no favorite romance. You know what? You know what grinds my gears? Varric. I wanted to date Varric so hard in Dragon Age 2, and then they were like, no, Bianca's real. I'm like, damn it! Damn it, damn it, damn it! Can we stop Dragon Age Inquisitioning this podcast? And can we, can we, do I have to sink any more ships tonight, Sam? Too much Dragon Age. I'm sorry, I love, I love Leonard and Lucian, let me go sit in the corner. Just stop loving now. What is wrong with Leonard and Lucian? Shut your faces, it's beautiful. Also, shut your faces, Alex, because Alex and Luna are beautiful. Jessica and Kyle are kind of special. Uh, all right, all right. Discussion of Lunar and Dragon Age games and future podcasts are, are verboten as I'm far as sorry. I'm concerned. I'll just shut my mouth now for the whole podcast. Scott's your fault you gave me a beer. No, you were like this when you came in. So clearly our favorite couple on this podcast is Michael and Trent, not Sam and Scott. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. Send your Jokes. fanfic to... Oh my god, please send fanfic. I will read it. Merry go down at no, it's not very good. It's Nick's bot. Nick's no, it's, it's our... ask. It's okay. Our our it's email is and has always been askwheels at rpgamer.com. <laughs> yes. Please write your fanfic ask there. I will. I will totally give you a prize. <laughs> if someone writes real fanfic, I will give them a prize. I mean it. <laughs> it's just yeah. Okay, fair enough. Trent, final oh, thoughts. God. Um, it, we love each other, man. My my only final thoughts are: I I feel like if you're going to enact a relationship of any kind in a video game, really go hard and take it seriously. Don't include it as a subplot. Use it as a key narrative component, or don't bother doing it at all. Agreed. Make it so. Okay. <laughs> I just love loving things, so I'm Mac. happy. I just love loving things, so I'm happy. So here's one. I, I think it's weird that because fantasy RP fantasy is the dominant genre of the RPG, I find it weird we don't really have sort of an old school like Arthurian courtly romance where it's just like literally the best you get is a handkerchief and you're like so happy with that. 
Didn't you play Final Fantasy three? Yeah, I did. But it's because you save romantic. a princess in that game, and she's pretty much like, "I wish you well, fair warrior. I'll be waiting around." Here's a hanky. <laughs> then maybe you can say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose. But because I'm playing an ensemble, that's awkward. It's like a boy band song where all five guys seem to want to date you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so in another life, you're secretly dating One Direction. No, that was not the analogy in the slightest, Samantha. <laughs> oh no, he called me Samantha. This is not good. <laughs> okay. Don't ever call me Samantha, people. I will, I will hunt you down. All right. So, so feedback, feedback from last episode was that okay? Everyone seemed to fall down a rabbit hole addressing the comments of a pod person. Also, amiibos. <laughs> Well, no, so I, I would actually like to call out Mr. Davey D for being the second commenter to not to skip past the pod person phase of this and actually discuss the episode, the, the episode's content, and provide interesting opinions. And for that, he wins a prize. Look in your email inbox, Davey D. You have a prize. Hopefully it's Yay. awesome. If it's Scott picked, it could be awesome or awful. No, it's a real prize, not a booby prize like I keep trying to sell to give to Raya. <laughs> Good to know. Um, what else? Also, Amiibo support group. Well, Matt? there there was a weird digression about grinding and power creep that we'll probably get to in a different episode. So, Mac, I have to ask. So, how bad did the how many get? days has it been since you Your bought an amiibo? amiibo? Oh my gosh, this is the joke uh, that won't end. No. no, it's sad. I have eleven now. Oh, no. So, what do you think? We we were in uh, GameStop tonight. And they're selling Amiibos pre-owned for, like, ten bucks there. And really? Kels- Kelsey's like, hey, there's a Sonic one. You don't have that. And I'm like, I'm not as bad as Mac, okay? <laughs> I do I, not. Even I, I do need, not have Sonic. I only need, like, four or five of Nintendo's core franchise characters for posterity's sake. Hey, now. I don't need um, to collect everyone. I don't need to join a discussion forum talking about where they are on the planet and how hard they are to get them and all the factory <laughs> defects. Uh, okay. I, I now, allow me, nap, nap, allow me. I don't, I don't have any spreadsheets. <laughs> allow me to Because, of course, Mac has spreadsheets because he's all about the spreadsheets. <laughs> now, I do love my spreadsheets, but I will say this. I have not gone out of my way to do any of these whatsoever. I found, I found Samus and We Fit Trainer at Target just passing. Pick those up. My wife picked up Zelda for me. I ended up getting Link and, or I ended up getting Toon Link and Mega Man just pre-ordered from Amazon. I walked into Target after the big whole Rosalina chaotic day and there was one just hidden in like a different section that I picked up. That, that was got, a poor staff member trying to hide their Rosalina yes. for and themselves without for their actually, kid. without actually, you know, looking like they're stealing it. And you mm-hmm. ruined that person and that also, person's child's kudos day. Kudos to you that you could get a Rosalina because we don't have Target anymore. Yeah, so I walked into all the well, stores. Though. I have not gone out of my way. I've not fought anybody. I've not gone to eBay. I've not paid above retail price. I've not done any of that. I got shot from you know GameStop. I've pre-ordered them like crazy, you know, like an idiot. But I've not paid above retail price for them, and I've not fought anybody or waited in line or anything like that, or even looked on any websites for like whatever. Been there in stock. Can I say that I, I, I am proud of that's, you? That I'm said, you. I'm still crazy, and I'm still. Proud of you. You know, we we, we really should be bookending every podcast with the session of Amiibos Anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll we'll keep this up for a little while until someone someone tells me to stop. 
I'm and almost then done. we'll still keep going until someone pays me to stop, and then we'll really stop. I'm almost okay. done. Ike will be in. <laughs> I love you, Mac. You have a problem. Yeah. I'm glad that you admit to your problem, but I'm also sad that you will not stop your problem. All right. So if you want to leave feedback that does that, you know, pleases me in some completely arbitrary way and earns my approval of at least 15 points, leave a comment on the web zone. Of I'd rpgamer.com. Like that Scott is our staff, Vivian. So great disapproval happens frequently. Oh, I have, I have so much every... disapproval for all of you. Let's put it this way: he's named every <laughs> single weapon that he's crafted. Vivian's great disapproval. Yeah, because it's appropriate. <laughs> it's right. You can and just allow me to say that, like, our social link tonight has reversed. Yeah, we we flipped this arcana. <laughs> Like we, we like flipped it, unflipped it, and flipped it back. Can I go back to yeah. wanting to bone Mitsuru? I feel that's appropriate because that hasn't come up in so many episodes. Uh. <laughs> so does anyone Just... have anything they want to pimp before we go to before we smash cut to credits? Okay. Well, I did write that lovely Valentine's Day feature that apparently people really liked, but our formers did not. Well, so again, great disapproval. <laughs> great disapproval. Um, so if you want to check out, uh, we did a feature called Inquisition Day Amor. I got a lot of the staff, as well as friends of the staff, to write dating profiles for their Inquisitors. Because I thought that was appropriate for Valentine's Day. Apparently a lot of people had fun with that. So go read those. They're really funny. Max is really adorable. So is Scott. Um, they're totally worth reading. Poor Scott was the only dwarf. I kind of felt a little sad for him. Because oh, Lady Kadash gets like no. Ah, uh, that's fitting. Well, yeah. then there was oh, anyone was going to be the dwarf. <laughs> if anyone's going to be the dwarf, it's going to be Scott. So, and then there was your character. Like, I tried Cassandra. I tried this person. Nothing happened. I was like, that's kind of adorable. Um, so that is a feature that we did. It was really fun. Go read it. Uh, I'm going to pimp that I also wrote a review for Atelier Aisha. Don't buy that version. It's kind of lame. Go go play the PS3 version. Unless you're Mac, in which case... Then buy the Vita version. Buy the Vita version, because you have to. It's yes. the rules. It's the rules. And sadly, it's not one of the ones that's going to be $15 this week, Mac. Oh. Trent, final things? Nope. I have nothing to plug. Alright. And Mac, you are hiding in a corner because Amiibos. Sorry, I was out pre-ordering more. What were you saying? <laughs> okay, and okay. so the closer for the evening is Death of Tri-Ace. And we how do, say this in one thought. How do we feel? Um, I'm not sad, because they haven't done anything cool in forever. Because remember that game called Star Ocean 4? Man, that was bad. Yeah. I yeah, but second well, that well, by well. saying that I've not been a Tri-Ace fan in quite some time. I hate seeing companies go mobile, because I don't really give a crap about it. But Tri-Ace is not my favorite company anyway, so I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, not, not I don't care sad. as much. In, in, all, in all fairness, we don't know how excellent or not excellent Fantasy Star Nova is. So it could have well, been a beautiful on that one. Kind of say me. I'm yeah. just gonna but kind of smile and nod. I don't know. Cause... Like I, I, I was in the camp of like I honestly like I'm not gonna lie. I haven't been breathtaken by anything they have ever produced. I've played all uh, the Star I, Oceans. I, I've played Infinite Undiscovery. I've played uh, all of the games that they've done subcontracting work for, like Lightning Returns and Final Fantasy thirteen two. So you didn't play Valkyrie I've, Profile. You are lame. I, I, I played Valkyrie Profile. I played Valkyrie Profile yeah, 2. Yeah, no, we don't I count Valkyrie Profile 2. We don't count Valkyrie Profile 2 or the DS one. They're not great. 
That first yeah. game, however, is beautiful and magnificent, and you're not allowed to talk evil while I'm here. You can talk about it I'm, horribly. I'm in the same app. I'm going to <gasps> stop Sam from talking all, for a minute and agree with Trent. I, like, I, I don't like being the bad guy, but it's just like, I, I've always felt like... I don't care less good. about their other games. That was just the only one I Sam. really liked. Sam. 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 <laughs> I've always felt that they were good and not great. So to see them not being around is unfortunate because we always want decent JRPG devs to stay in the race. But, but, was, I'm not, but I'm not I don't think they were decent. I think they lost it 10 years ago. And I liked so... everything they put on the PSX. After that, I kind of didn't care. Well, that's it, though, is I think they they they, they were gone. They, they went a long time ago. And You could say the same thing about game arts. That and is, that's a sad thing to admit, but it is what it is. They're a totally yeah. different company now. They're not the same game arts that they used to hey, be. Hey, Mac, remember Ragnarok Odyssey? Remember how fantastic that was? Yeah, like I say, they're not the same company. And then again, game arts, it, it's all in the team. And I think it's hilarious that we're all saying Trice is dead, despite the fact they're very alive much still well. alive making mobile games. But yeah, no, we that's, just that's called apparently death. They're dead to me. I didn't even <laughs> like them. Go, go. They're dead to me. <laughs> so next time, can we talk about? I want to talk about entitlement, but Scott won't you let me. You are too entitled, so you don't get to say. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Yeah, you've okay, been it's, entitled it's very, all it's, episode. It's, okay, it, first of all, it's entitled of you to assume that you get to dictate the <laughs> direction because you I'm quite check sure that your Scott privilege. has a schedule. I gotta check my privilege at the door. Don't I? Privilege. <laughs> I salute all three of you. I freaking love you guys. Because <laughs> you guys turned it around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, see you next time. Leave comments on this website. So wait, what is our actual episode? We're, we're going to talk about That's entitlement. It. Yes! I win! I'm entitled! Until we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I love you guys. I'm loopy. Loopy is right. one word for oh, it. We, we love you too. We, we love you too, Sammers. I love you guys. The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production, all rights reserved. Visit rpgamer.com for contact info, discussions, and other great content. Music by Nubuo Ematsu, arrangements courtesy of ocremix.com.